Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be joined by Roger Ward, a man who's been growing conifers for 50 years. I, for one, really appreciate the skill that goes into grafting conifers. My thanks to Mr Fothergill Seeds, sponsors of this week's podcast. Well, this week we've had some very comfortable weather and summer rain. Goodness how things grow, including the grass. It's uh, certainly keeping me going. I had to smile because I was right out the front by the road with my Ransom's Ajax push mower and a young mum came along with a little lad about six or seven and I don't think they'd seen anybody push a mower before. They were quite interested in how the cylinder worked. But there we are. For those of you thinking about going on holiday, then on our Saturday pages in the TV magazine this week we've got uh, some tips and advice on irrigation and if you go to sungardening.co.uk we have a little video on my sand bed where I have damp sand to keep pots really nicely watered when you're away for several days. So what's new this week? Well I went to uh, the village Little Waltham to open their gardens last Sunday do you know that's an interesting exercise? Nice to meet some of uh, our Sun readers too and exchange uh, stories about gardens and what's happening. And talking about uh, stories, I went to uh, Coventry, went to see an old friend, Geoffrey Bernard, who used to run a very successful garden centre and has a nursery up there. And I popped in to see him on the way home and he was going to hear Margaret Thrower speak at the local rugby garden club. Boy, that was fascinating. If you get a chance to hear Margaret, then uh, I'll tell you, it's well worth the time. Three generations of gardeners she's talking about. Her grandparents, her parents, particularly Percy Thrower, obviously, uh, and her own experiences running a garden centre and doing quite a bit, really, with the Shrewsbury floral fate. Then I went on to the HTA plant show. Boy, there were some plants there and people I couldn't walk about two metres before I bumped into somebody who had a story or a new plant or something new that was going on. There's a really nice crab apple, upright crab apple, called Malus Turingo Aros. That's A-R-O-S for sugar, Aros. I'll tell you, the plant looked a lot better than the name sounds. It has very dark leaves, very pretty pink flowers and small crimson fruits but the real beauty of it is that it grows upright in a column shape and so it's going to really suit today's small modern gardens. I've got a long list of things. I mean I saw a cat grass. It's uh, just a seed that you sow in pots to feed cats. You know they need, particularly if they're in a very urban situation, they need to eat a bit of grass. It helps them to clear all the fur which can build up in their throats 
and there's three different colours. There's a green cat grass, a variegated cat grass, and a golden one. So watch this space. I hope in the sun in a week or two's time we're going to offer it to readers, along with a new pansy called Felix, which had whiskered flowers, you know. So it's a here comes Felix the cat pansy, and we'll have grass to feed the cats. But then what about this week in the garden? I've been thinning apples, quite a good set on uh, apples, and if you leave all of those fruits on, they tend to be a bit small, and so I've been uh, thinning. If you have a tree, an apple tree, which crops very heavily one year and then doesn't crop at all the next, what we call biennial bearing, if you take one branch during the on year when it's full of fruit and strip all the fruit off that branch, then with a bit of luck, it'll balance things out a bit and the next year that denuded branch will crop and the tree will get back into balance again. If I could do a little bit of bragging, I have a wonderful crop of apricots. You know, the spring was quite early and I did really worry about one or two sharp frosts we had, but the apricots seem to have survived that and I'm going to pick pounds and pounds of apricots. Hope I can find time to make a bit of jam. I like apricot jam. And things like sweet corn, they will take quite a bit of water. You know, they grow very quick, they grow very big, and even after rain, I think it will be worth your while to just give those a bit of water. And if you want to be very special to them, then earth a bit of soil up round the base, and you'll find they'll make new roots just above ground level, and that will help to stabilise them and will give you more cops. One little tip is to sow a few French beans, climbing French beans at the base of the sweet corn, and they will climb up the sweet corn and you get two crops for the price of one. Actually in the Canaries uh, you sometimes see them doing this dual cropping and they even put a courgette or two in amongst the sweet corn so you get three crops for the price of one. Well we have a rather special guest today. A gentleman who I think uh, is like a stick of rock. If you broke him, it says conifers all the way down. Is that right, Roger? Mr. Roger Ward. We've we've been growing conifers since uh, the first year after we got married. So, uh, yeah, we've been at it a long time now. Yes, but when did you get married? Well, well, soon after I left university, which is 1968. So, uh, yeah, we've been married a fair while now. Soon coming up to our 50th, so... Oh, goodness, yeah, that's a lot of years growing conifers. And then, where are you? Wigston, where is that? Wigtoft is in South Lincolnshire. It's uh, not a recognised area for nursery stock, and more noted for vegetable production, but it just happens this is where we live and this is where we started. And a fair bit of your crop would be grown outside in containers? Yes, we propagate everything that that we grow ourselves, more or less, Um, and the first year, most of it is grown under protection, under polythene tunnels, because it's very small then, and we get uh, better growth because um, the elements can't affect it quite so much. Um, but after the first year, we move it outside, and we service the garden centre market. So we like to produce stuff which is hardy and won't go off as soon as it gets onto the centres, and grow it outside and... And, and make sure it's hardy enough to stand the garden situations. And how many different kinds do you grow? We grow about 200 different varieties. Um, mostly they're produced from rooted cuttings, but then we have uh, about 40-odd varieties that we graft as well. 
Now, I'm interested in that grafting. That's a pretty skilled job, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, I learnt it uh, fairly early on in my career growing conifers. I went over to Holland and looked how they did it, and I had a very kind um, instructor, Mr Straber, who, who, who helped me do that. And then I taught all the staff that we employed to graft. So, yes, it, it takes a few years to build up the skill, but it, it's not impossible to do. I mean, if we were going to do one of those lovely blue spruce that you specialise in, yes. uh, you'd start, first of all, with the seedling spruce? Yes, you've got to start off with a rootstock that is the same species that you're trying to graft. Uh, we, we graft spruces, which is Pisces. We do ABs, uh, cedars. Um, so you select the same species, and we use uh, Picea situensis as the rootstock for the blue spruces. It's a Picea pungens. If you use a pungens, it's very gummy and difficult to work with. So we use um, situensis, which is basically a forest tree seedling. And then how would they be? Would it be as thick as your little finger? Um, sort of not s- quite as thick as that. It's about uh, four to five millimetres thick. Um, we grow some ourselves, but we do buy some rootstocks in from forest tree nurseries. And uh, they're grown in cells, so you need, a root, you need it growing on a good root ball. And it's about three or four millimetres thick. And we select a scion, that's the cutting, we call it a scion, the same diameter as the rootstock, more or less, and as you can get anyway. We do a side, what's called a side veneer graft, which we slice the side of the rootstock down to near the base, make a little notch in it, and then we do a mirror image slice on the scion, and then fit it together, hold it together, and then bind it up with um, elastic tape. You need to keep it into an environment which is uh, humid so that the scion doesn't dry out and after a few weeks callus forms and the union starts and then it, it's uh, always fascination to me that the xylem and phloem tubes grow and match up and then you get a flow of moisture from the rootstock into the scion and after about three or four months the scion is broken bud and then you can cut the rootstock down so you take the top off the uh, seedling rootstock? Yeah, you take the top off the seedling rootstock close to where you've made the graft Yeah. so that uh, there isn't any um, regrowth from the rootstock. In fact, we're, we're just about to start cutting our blue spruces down that we grafted in February. Yes, what sort of temperature then would the um, grafted plants in February be held at? I mean, are they at cool temperatures? Well, we do it in a polythene tunnel which has got a double skin and uh, insulated polythene in between. And that gives us about a five degree lift over ambient temperatures. And in the daytime, it'll pick up temperature to perhaps um, 15 degrees in, in the tunnel. And then it'll hold it against the nighttime drop in temperatures by about five degrees. So from, say, plus 5 to 15 is, is, is the temperatures we work at. I mean, is it the kind of thing that an amateur could have a go at? Absolutely, yes. I mean, there are plenty of uh, textbooks written on grafting, and the aftercare is equally important in terms of keeping the scion humid so it doesn't dry out, and um, changing the atmosphere every now and then, because there is, obviously, if you've got uh, near 100% humidity under polythene cover you are uh, 
likely to get some Botrytis disease. Well, now the novelty that, that uh, I saw at the plant show with you last week, and we'll try and get a picture of you with this plant online on Sun Gardening, you've got a rather interesting name for. Yes, we, well, we've had a variety on the nursery for about five years, and we've propagated it, and we didn't know what, what to do. It, um, it's a variety that's got a little bit of a unique uh, ability in the sense that it's quite not rapid growing. It suits an, uh, an urban garden, and it makes a nice, dense habit. And so we searched around to find a name for it and thought, well, let's call it Brexit Blue. <laughs> because, uh, better or for worse, it, I think Brexit is a, is a, a, a blue colour to me. I don't think it's a yellow or a green colour. I think it's a blue <laughs> colour. So uh, I've called it Brexit Blue. And it's a nice, deep blue, you know. It's, um, it's a nice colour. So that's what we've called it. Well, we'll get this picture online with you standing there holding it. But, I mean, it's sort of bottle brush, isn't it? Very, yes, that's right. And yes. it's quite dense, the needles. Yes, uh, that's right, yes. It yes, looks yes. to me as if it's going to make a really good garden plant. But whether the Dutch will want Brexit Blue or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> A lot's made of plants now for an environmental reasons in terms of providing nectar for the bees and the um, butterflies and so on. But the birds need something, some protection in the winter from adverse conditions. And you need some structure for them to roost in in the winter to provide protection from, from the elements, basically, let alone the, the nesting sites in the summer. So conifers can provide that. All right, they're not providing nectar but at least they're providing shelter and nesting sites and some of them providing food of course from the from the nuts and the berries like the yews and the pines and so on. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people now have quite small gardens and a lot of plants in containers and I find the fastidiate yews absolutely stunning for containers. Yes and we've um, we, we do a lot of um, the Irish yew the, the golden Irish yew and I've got a new one coming along called uh, Orange Beauty which in the summer is a really lovely orange colour another one, new one, Jack's Gold and again the fastidiate growth uh, and then another one which is called Black Tower it's so very dark green in the summer and then as the light levels drop then it gets darker and darker and this is why we've named it Black Tower. We haven't got a lot of them yet, of these three varieties, but it, but they're all fastidiate growing, and this is what we're trying to do is look forward and try and get new varieties coming along all the while. I think I'm going to come and uh, twist your arm for that Orange Beauty and Jack's Gold. A long time ago we did an offer with you in the sun, and I've grown that on, and the um, variegated fastidiate you is now so big I'm, I'm going to ask a specialist tree nursery to come and collect it and take it away so I can start again. Oh. And it would be nice to start again with Orange Beauty and Jack's Gold. But if you had to pick three or four to plant a little bed, what do you think they might be? What's um, Roger's top five for gardens? Um, well, the variety that we do very well with nowadays is um, a Picea called uh, Daisy's White. It's it's a sport from um, Albertiana conica, which is a, a, a sharp-pointed, a conical uh, green plant. But Daisy's white in the spring breaks pure white, and it's pure white for about six weeks. But, Roger, do you remember 
We had a young lady called Daisy at Chelsea. Goodness, that must be 10 or 15 years ago when we gave her one of those plants. I just wonder where she is now. I don't know. Yeah. Her mother sadly died while she was quite a young girl and her grandmother brought her as a special treat and she presented a posy to the Queen from Chelsea and, and she went home with, yes, Picea Daisy's White. I think I still have her grandparents' address. I must just see where that where she is and whether that conifer's still growing. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, yes. Right. Well, that's yeah. a stunning colour in the, in in for, for about six or eight weeks in the, in the spring. Uh, we've got uh, a new thuya called uh, Fire Chief, which is a sport from the Rheingold, which is a, like an orangey colour. But this has got a, a, a brick red uh, new growth and. If you trim the old growth, the new growth of juvenile foliage will come on and there'll be a, a really tinge of red in, in around a, a, a round bush, a very, very nice plant. Another new one we've got is Golden Smarag, which is a funny name, but um, it's uh, a golden conical-shaped plant. could be used as a small hedge, but it would form a very nice um, part of a, a, of, of a bed. I've got a hedge of the ordinary green smarag. I mean, smarag is a Scandinavian for green, isn't it? I it think, is, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah. is, this is um, the, the same shape plant as, as ordinary smarag, green smarag, but a little bit slower growing, a little bit probably broader base, but not so broader base, but the colour is really nice. And then if you want something that uh, with an, uh, some accent to it is um, one of the use either the green or the or, or the yellow one standishii well that's a wonderful collection and if people keep their eye out on the better garden centers there's a chance they'll find some of these things in roger yes well people think conifers uh, went out of fashion in the 70s and 80s but we've got a, a whole range of new varieties now which are a lot lot more interesting than the the old ones and People don't know these, and we need to keep telling them that we're looking all the time, bringing new varieties along and changing the, the, the face of the garden. On our What's On section, of course, it's Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. And my tip, if you happen to be visiting that show and, and are going to take a souvenir plant or two home, look for bigger pots. At this time of the year, planting big plants in small pots is a bit of a trial and not likely to be too successful. Better to buy a few less in the bigger size and they'll be easier to get established in your own home. With a bit of luck at the weekend, I hope to pop into some open gardens at Dorchester-on-Thames in Oxford. And then next week, Bent's Garden Centre up near Warrington are celebrating their 80th anniversary. The two brothers started uh, out Growing roses, and goodness, what a business that's grown into. They're restaurants, I think, I tell you, they're worth a visit. Thanks again to our sponsors, Mr Fothergill's Seeds. And thanks to you for listening. Oh, and don't forget, visit sungardening.co.uk to see our latest video on how to support sweet peas on string. We'll be back next Thursday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 